Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Hardware Podcast. My name is Jackson Tanner alongside my good friend Omar Borja. It is finally come the week where we announce, or we don't announce obviously, but uh, they announced all these college football awards. Uh, the finalists came out for all of them, including the Heisman, which I'm sure all of you have seen. But for all the awards that we've talked to along the year, like the Fred Biltnikoff Award, Davey O'Brien, all those We've got the finalists now, so we can finally uh, decipher and dissect from the finalists. And we're also kind of given going to give out our predictions as well as maybe who we think should win on each of these awards. And yeah, man, I'm excited to get to it. I am too. And in the spirit of the holiday season, in the words of uh, George Costanza's dad, I uh, got a lot of problems with you people, particularly Heisman voters. But uh, we'll dig into that later on. Yeah, we definitely were, definitely well. Uh, there was definitely at least one person snubbed from the Heisman finalists, especially since we have four finalists. You could have squeezed them in there. Um, where do you want to start on this? Um, so I feel like we can probably group in the uh, like the Heisman like awards for like the best players. So like whether that be the Heisman, the Maxwell, and I think that's all we have on our list. Yeah, the Heisman, the Maxwell Award. Uh, for best player. Um, so the finalists for that, I'm sure most people saw. We got Kenny Pickett, of course, um, CJ Stroud. Well, for the Heisman, CJ Stroud, Bryce Young, and a surprise in Aiden Hutchinson. Um, so from my perspective, starting off, the biggest snub for me is Kenneth Walker. And I just want to bring this up that this poster right here that I've had hanging up for most of this, most of the season went to a Quinn 92 concert on September 25th. And, um, you know, really love his music. Uh, great R&B singer. And he even he tweeted out that Kenneth Walker got screwed. That's just wild. If one of my favorites, I'm just amazed that one of my favorite singers has has a light college football takes, but Kenneth Walker was screwed. He should have like, I don't think he would have won it after what happened against Ohio state on November 20th. Like, yeah, I mean, I do realize that, but for what he done and what he meant to that Michigan state team, like he willed Michigan state to a lot of victories, especially like the Michigan game. He willed Michigan to victory and Michigan's in the playoff. Like that, that is enough of a statement for him to be a finalist at least. And we've seen years where they invited like six people, like, um, as much as six people. So, like, why not invite someone else? Um, so that's my main take. And the other guy that I think got screwed um, was Will Anderson from Alabama, which I think you agree with, too, Jackson. Like, And it's nothing against Aiden Hutchinson, but I feel like if you include Aiden Hutchinson, you have to include uh, Will Anderson, too, because Will Anderson, has, he had better stats. Honestly, he had, like, double the tackles for loss. Um, so those are my two qualms with the Heisman with the, with the Heisman finalists. But otherwise, I love the list. If it were up to me as far as finalists, um, and you know, thank goodness it's not, but I would have I would have Bryce Young because Alabama has had yet another incredible season. Bryce Young's been an undeniable part of that. I'd probably put Will Anderson for that same reason. Uh definitely not CJ Stroud. CJ has had an incredible year, probably not the Heisman level uh, uh performance. I, I'd be surprised to see him win it. Uh, I would have Kenneth Walker. I would put Hutchinson in there still. Uh, Pickett's stats aren't the best, um, and Pickett has had an incredible year, but I, I don't see him winning it, although that ACC championship performance that you witnessed live and in person was incredible. I mean, gosh, you know, Kenny went off, uh, so that, that was awesome to see. But, yeah, I'd have Bryce Young, Will Anderson, two Bama players, and then Kenneth Walker and Aiden Hunterson. So 
that would be my four. Um, as far as this man, uh, I mean, you can find content about the Heisman Trophy anywhere in these four finalists. Who you think is going to win it? Who you think deserves to win it of these four? I think uh, I think that Bryce Young pretty much won it with his performance in the first half against their uh, against Georgia in the SEC title game. Best defense in the country, probably the best defense we've seen since like the 2011 or 2012. Since the 2011 LSU defense or 2012 uh, Alabama defense, best defense we've seen in a while. And um, Bryce Young just ripped him apart. I will say this: Kenny Pickett's got a bit of a Heisman moment, and I think. Um, his Heisman moment might be the most impactful Heisman moment we've seen in recent memory because I expect a rule change to happen for the fake slide play. Um, that was a talk. That was a talk of college football and the talk of sports all on Sunday, on Sunday, Monday morning. Um, so that's probably the most impactful Heisman moment. I like Kenny Pickett too because Pitt's just a great story. Um, and again, too, just just watching that play, not even like watching the play live, but like watching the highlights after. Mark Jones, can we get can we get some love for Mark Jones in that elite call in the booth? Uh, right when he hit it, sauce time. That is the best call I've seen I've heard in a while. Um, so yeah, I think I got I got Bryce Young winning it. Um, uh, just another quarterback, but I thought this was a year that a running back, a non-Alabama running back, would win it. But I mean, I guess the voters saw otherwise, honestly. Um, and one thing that I would like to note is. Uh, Jim Nagy, and I think I mentioned the same tweet before, but Jim Nagy, this director of the, the Reese Senior Bowl, said if you're basing a Heisman ballot off of, you know, coaches film, off of tape, this would be what the Senior Bowl would put as the five. And it was Kenny Pickett, Will Anderson, Kenneth Walker, Aiden Hutchinson, and Nicobe Dean, uh, the linebacker from Georgia. So, I mean, like we've talked about, Kenneth Walker and Will Anderson should be in there. And, I mean, he knows a heck of a lot more than either of us with, with that and seeing all, you know, every snap from every one of these guys, I'm sure. So, um, I mean, yeah, we'll see. I think uh, Bryce Young well went in. Honestly, I'm going to go with Hutchinson uh, as he should win it because if you're going to what the Heisman Trophy really is all about, I think Hutchinson embodies all of that. I think he's the best player. And unfortunately, a lot of times it goes to the best player on the best team, which it might not even this year will go to the best team, which is Alabama, but not maybe not Will Anderson, but the best overall player. But yeah, man, it'll be interesting to see. Regardless, every one of these guys has had an incredible season. Uh, it's not like last year where we know who's going to win this. There is some suspense involved. I would be really surprised if it was anyone other than Bryce Young. But these other guys definitely deserve a look. And hopefully the, uh, the voters do the right thing and, and get Hutchinson in. If you're not going to have Kenneth Walker, you know, Kenny Pickett, I mean, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, moving on to the next award, you wanted to go ahead and go with kind of all around awards, right, Omar? Uh, yeah, so we can sort of uh, look at the Maxwell next too. Like, um, so there's only three finalists. Two of them are Heisman finalists. Uh, you got Pickett and Young, and then you have Kenneth Walker here. So I, I don't know. I don't really know the trends of the Maxwell, but I feel like the Maxwell chooses pretty much the Heisman winner, especially years where it's obvious. But I feel like there might be some diversion here with uh, Kenneth Walker being on the ballot. So that's something to watch out there. To be honest with you. Uh, for that reason, because Walker's on there, that kind of throws me off. So I can't really predict a winner. Um, I feel like they might divert. But I also want to note, too, for uh, Kenny Pickett, since he's a finalist for this one, too. Can we talk about, like, how much his, like, production, like, really skyrocketed this year? Um, so he had 1,900 yards, 1,969 yards, and um, 
and 12 touchdowns in his sophomore year, a year where Pitt went to the ACC title game and lost by a lot to Clemson. Um, the next year, he had 3,000 yards and only 13 touchdowns. Uh, I didn't even know he threw for 3,000, so that's lost on me. But um, th- in 2020, the pandemic year, he had 13 touchdowns and 2,400 yards and nine touchdowns, and he exploded for 42 touchdowns. Like, that, I've never seen a one-year explosion. I mean, other than Joe Burrow, this is like a Joe Burrow-esque type of explosion in terms of, like, touchdowns and production. So... Credit to Kenny Pickett, but yeah, I, I don't, I mean, honestly, it might sound weird, but I think the Maxwell Trophy can go any way between these three um, because I, I don't know if they have a different a voter base, um, but for them to have Walker on there as well, um, like I said, throws me off. Yeah, it it is odd, and Kenny Pickett has had, in an, obviously, an, it is interesting see the skyrocket in production like you said like Joe Burrow where it's very not expected on there um it certainly helps when when you have Jordan Addison to throw the ball to because he's had a phenomenal year he's a Bill McGough award finalist by the way uh but yeah on this one as far as a prediction um I love that Kenneth Walker is in there um if this were the three finalists for the Heisman I think that'd be pretty pretty good pretty good three finalists that you could choose from, right? Um, I'm going to go with Kenny Pickett. I think he's going to win it just because they can't have Pickett walk away empty-handed, right? It's just you can't have that. Um, and Kenneth Walker, I think, will run away by a mile with the Doe Walker Award. But we'll, we'll talk about that in a little bit. So, um, yeah, we'll go ahead and go to the, uh, the Heisman of the defensive side of things, right? Want to want to go ahead and talk about that one? Yeah, of course. So finals for that one, we have Will Anderson, Jordan Davis, and Kyle Hamilton. Um, I like the finals here. I like Kyle Hamilton's potential as an NFL player. Um, I know you know a lot more about draft boards, but he just has a look about of a game-changing safety like a Jamal Adams, a um, Ed Reed. Well, maybe not Ed Reed because there will never be another Ed Reed, but, you know, like a Jamal Adams, Tyron Matthew type safety. Um, so I'm excited for him in the pros. But, again, he got hurt in the middle of the year, so I don't think he'll win it. So this looks like a two-man race uh, between Jordan Davis and Will Anderson. It's like, and, and Jordan Davis – if we're talking defensive tackles, the gold standard for defensive tackles uh, for defensive tackle seasons is in Dominican Sue's 2009 season. And yeah, he was getting double teamed and triple teamed, excuse me, but he had like 20 plus tackles for a loss over 10 sacks. Um, Jordan Davis's stats aren't exactly there. And I'm not saying that he's a bad player, but it, it's almost like, it's like what we haven't seen. It wasn't transcendent for a defensive tackle um so I think this is Anderson's award to win and that's not discrediting Jordan Davis at all because he opened up uh holes for guys like N'Kobe Dean to make plays and other guys in the Georgia front seven but the stats aren't exactly there we won't know until the next level right until Davis gets into the to the NFL and he gets some reps there I'm curious how much his size really has to do with things because he just like from a physical standpoint, each space, he's so large and demands attention. It's just, I mean, I'm not, I'm not taking anything away, obviously, right? He's an incredibly talented too, but I'm just curious. We'll see. Aaron Donald has made his money and been one of the best defenders, if not the best of all time with his, his strength and his technique, right? And I'm curious how much of Jordan Davis's size and how much is his strength and technique? We won't find that out until, you know, he's playing uh, at the next level. But we kind of saw a little bit on Saturday where he wasn't as much of a factor 
and props to Bama's offensive line for uh, for neutralizing his effect. I think it is interesting that Aiden Hutchinson is not a finalist when you have an award for the best offensive player and have three finalists and none of them are for the best overall player, right? In uh, you know uh, Aiden Hutchinson. Um, it is kind of interesting to me. So for that reason, I think Will Anderson walks away with it easily for the same reason um, that Jordan Davis was kind of neutralized in the SEC championship and then Kyle Hamilton, Kyle Hamilton getting hurt, even though Hamilton is going to be a, a, you know, a stud at the next level that I'm excited to see. So yeah, my prediction, Will Anderson, and he deserves to win it. He's an incredible year. And, and again, um, yeah, I, I, again, like it's kind of a runaway race in my opinion because, yeah, like you said, I, I overlooked the fact that um, Aiden Hutchinson was not a finalist here, uh, which even puts puts an even higher regard on Kyle on Kyle Hamilton, honestly. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it just seems like one of those years. And it's like for Georgia, I feel it's like it's interchangeable. It's like you put Nicobe Dean. It's like there's so many guys you can put for Georgia um, on that defense, but. Um, yeah, it looks like Anderson's to win. I mean, and honestly, too, a guy I'm surprised that wasn't on the list for this um, was uh, for, for Utah, Devin Lloyd. Um, Devin Lloyd had an outstanding year, honestly, like had a Will Anderson. His stats are very comparable to Will, to Will Anderson. Uh, I'm kind of – that's my snub, I think, in, um, as opposed to Aiden Hutchinson. So surprised he didn't make it, too. But uh, Utah making their first Rose Bowl, great story. Um, and Devin Lloyd doing great things out there. Hard to not pull for them. In the Rose Bowl. I mean, what what a story that Utah football. Oh, yeah. Like. All heartbreaks aside. Yeah, what a, what a great yeah, story. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. Um, uh, so, yeah, which which award do you want to head next to, uh, Jackson? We'll start doing the, we'll start doing some of the, the positional ones, right? So, we'll start with the Bill and the Goff, which is one that we, we talked about fairly recently, I think. But, yeah, the finalists for that, uh, David Bell, the wide receiver from Purdue, uh, 93 receptions, just short of 1,300 yards, six touchdowns, and almost a 14 yard per, yards per catch average. Uh, Jordan Addison, who I mentioned earlier, the wide receiver for Pitt, certainly helps when you have Pickett thrown in the ball, right? Uh, he has 93 receptions, just short of 1,500 yards, 17 touchdowns, and a 16 yard per catch average. A lot better than David Bell in the same number of receptions, uh, statistics wise, at least. Then finally, Jamison Williams, the wide receiver from Alabama. Just, I mean, just a ridiculous 68 receptions, 1445 or 1,445 yards, 15 touchdowns, and Omar, 21.3 yards per catch. I just don't even know what to say that. That's ridiculous. Um, but yeah, I think Jamison Williams walks away with this one. Uh, I mean, it's kind of scary to think about that he transferred out of Ohio State because that wide receiver room was so crowded. Um, I love David Bell a lot, though. David Bell's trademarks are his body control and his physicality. His releases are some of the best direction. That's a real talent of his, as opposed, it's, it's a stark contrast to Jamison Williams' track star ability to just take the top off the defense and just outrun everyone, right? Uh, and I'm sure if he had to be, that Jamison Williams would be an incredible, you know, precision route runner, too. It's just he doesn't have to be because it's just speed is just, gosh, it's insane. So um, I think Williams is going to win it just because his stats cannot be ignored. And he also is playing for Alabama, which always helps with these awards. But I don't know. What, what do you think? 
Okay, so I got I got so honestly out of that list, um, I I got uh Jameson Williams being last, honestly. Um, I got Addison really? winning it. I got so I got Addison winning it too because just I mean Kenny Pickett and being a Heisman finalist and Addison playing a huge role in that. And then I got Bell a close second, if not like a very close second, because if you if you look at Bell's signature games. 11 catches for 240 yards against Iowa, 11 catches for 217 against Michigan State. And then I got to add this one in, you know, other people might not think it's a signature game, but he caught 12 passes for, for 101 yards at Wrigley Field. I mean, that's cool. But namely the two ranked teams, like those, those were games that shaped the playoff race. The Iowa game pushed Iowa towards the edge and towards the cliff of the, of, towards falling off the cliff, excuse me, of the playoff race. And the Michigan State game did the same thing too. It almost served as like an elimination game for Michigan State in the playoff before they lost to Ohio State. So those games shaped the national scene. So that's why David Bell is a close second over Jameson Williams. But I want to talk about one snub. I mean, Devin Tompkins, we talked about him a little bit when we talked about Blinnikoff. How do you not include a guy who has 96 catches for 1,589 yards? Um, and it's not like, and it's not like the Blinnikoff hasn't had, um, group of five guys as finalists before Andy Isabella 2018 had I think very similar numbers and was included so it's like what are we doing honestly like this is just appalling that Devin Tompkins is not a finalist like it's ridiculous 96 catches isn't worth anything nowadays too I I mean I got nothing to say like I'm speechless yeah no absolutely Uh, I mean when you're catching the ball that many times and he's got significantly more yards than, than Bell and even more than Addison um, yeah, it, it should not be ignored, and it's hard to believe it is ignored, but uh, I think it, it really shows the state of where we are in voting for college football awards, right? Um, so which that, that's another topic for another time, but we've, we've both voiced our displeasure in how these are voted for. Um, man, I'm going to go. Let's go ahead and do you want to do Davey O'Brien next for best quarterback? Sure, let's, let's hit it. Absolutely. Uh, finalists are Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, and Kenny Pickett. No surprise there. Uh, who you think's going to win it? We've already kind of talked about who we think deserves to win it, but what's your take? So I think um, I think if Bryce Young wins a Heisman, then I think it'll end up being that Bryce Young wins uh, the uh, excuse me, Davey O'Brien. But I think um, a snub, I got a guy I would like to see. I think three finalists isn't really enough for uh, these awards. I would like to see Desmond Ritter in here. And I know we talked about Desmond Ritter for the Heisman. I think he's certainly a top 10 guy um, for the Heisman. Actually, no, sorry. Excuse me. No, I mean, Desmond Ritter, that's one guy I like to see, but Bailey Zappi. Like, where's Bailey Zappi on any yeah. of these awards? Yeah. Like, the Heisman, I'm not surprised, but you'd, you'd expect him to be in the Davey O'Brien Award, uh, throwing for over 50 touchdowns. I think he's at 56 right now. Um, again, just another group of five that five guys been squeezed out and they, they use the week. The biggest cop out is, is a strength of schedule. It's like, I don't care. It's like, you think is Bailey Zappi in the athletic director's office, like making the schedule? No, he he's playing whoever's on the schedule and, and he threw for 56 touchdowns. Bailey Zappi like, is also not growing to, uh, Jamison Williams and Jordan Addison too. So he's got Jared Stern. So it's close, but yeah, even still, man, yeah, it's like yeah. it's, the players get penalized for it, and it's just so ridiculous. It's like, what are we doing as it awards is. voters? I shouldn't, I'd say, yeah. I shouldn't say we because we're not voters, but what are they doing as awards voters? Just a few more viewers on the pod, and we'll, uh, we'll, we'll be voters. Don't worry, Omar. We'll make this right. Uh, they'll be like, who voted for this guy? <laughs> you know? uh, yeah, man, but – We'll go ahead and go keep it on offense. Stoke Walker Award goes to the premier running back in the nation. 
Uh, Tyler Batty, the running back from Missouri, is a finalist, uh, over 1,600 yards and 14 touchdowns. Brees Hall, oh my gosh, Brees Hall, what a year. Uh, 20 touchdowns, 1,472 yards and almost a six yards per carry average. Finally, Kenneth Walker III, uh, running back from Michigan State, who we've mentioned multiple times on here. I don't know, Omar, what do you think about this one? So I think we both uh, see eye to eye with this one with uh, Kenneth Walker running away with it, but just a good crop of backs too. Um, I think it's interesting that Beatty's a finalist because uh, Missouri's had a very quiet year in uh, in the in the SEC, and that's not to say that they're a bad team. They're six and six, but it's like a uh, very quiet year. I mean, all all the credit for him in terms of snubs. A guy I would like to see as a finalist, maybe Tyler Algier. Um, good good yardage, good touchdowns, fourteen hundred yards, twenty touchdowns. Um, but maybe in the future, he's only a sophomore, so he's got time to certainly get up there. But I think we both agree that uh, Kenneth Walker uh, should be taking this one. And we like Brees Hall a lot. Um, he won it last year, I believe. And um, if anything, this year would be more of like a lifetime achievement type thing. But uh, it's Kenneth Walker, I think, all the way. Yeah, Kenneth Walker uh, definitely deserves to win with the year that he has had. Reese Hall, I, f- I did forget that he won it last year. Um, it's hard to ignore 20 touchdowns, but they're not ignoring it. I mean, you just have to recognize Walker's season. Uh, Tyler Betty, I mean, I saw firsthand what uh, what a talent he is when they, you know, upset Florida up there in, in Missouri. Um, and gosh, he put that game away. And he was, I mean, he's, he's a talented guy. He's going to be good at the next level. Well, I'm, ex- I'm excited to watch him for sure. Uh, we'll go ahead. You said, you said it was so- an upset, Jackson. Sorry, you said uh, Florida-Missouri was an upset, but I saw a 6-6 six and six team beat a 6-6 six and six team, so it doesn't seem like an upset to me. <laughs> it it definitely home. was an upset. Um, but Vegas would beg to differ, but yeah. Um, I, I, I remember this conversation. Um, oh, we'll man. So to the in-between, uh, the Outland Trophy, which goes to the best interior lineman. Offense or defense. Um, the three finalists, Jordan Davis, defensive tackle from Georgia, who we've mentioned a few times. Uh, Aikam Ekwanu, uh, the offensive tackle from North Carolina State. And then finally, Tyler Linderbaum, the center from Iowa. Uh, hard because there are not stats for offensive linemen, right? I can't play fantasy football with them. So I thought, hey, maybe, uh, you know, maybe this tends to go on defense since so you can actually see see it actually the opposite of four defensive tackles have won in the past 13 years so it's been an offense predominated our offensively dominated award uh those four defensive tackles you asked that have won it in the you know past decade and some change Quinnen Williams Ed Oliver Aaron Donald and Ndamukong Sue so some pretty good company if Jordan Davis does end up winning this uh, Omar, I'll let you go ahead and uh, and take the lead on this one, and then I'll, I'll give you my thoughts on it. Um, we talked about Jordan Davis enough. I want to talk about Linderbaum a little bit because I'm not. I wasn't sure about the NC State guy. Honestly, I haven't watched much NC State football. Um, I can Ikwanu, um, but I think I think it's going to be very close between Linderbaum and Davis because Linderbaum has a draft type and he's got the uh, the tradition of a uh, great Iowa lineman. Um, whether it's like, I think the few I can remember is like, I think Matt Slauson, uh, Robert Gallery, uh, shoot, who else? Um, there was someone, oh, Brian Balaga and, um, Tristan, Tristan Wirfs. Is that his name for the Buccaneers, the Buccaneers center? 
Yes. yes yeah. Absolutely. So I don't really watch NFL much, but uh, yeah, like those guys, um, you know, just a great tradition there. Um, and, and then we talked with Jordan Davis. I think Jordan Davis's impact was felt more because yes, Linderbaum was great, but also the Iowa offense was very hard to watch at times. It was like my love life. But anyway, um, <laughs> anyway, uh, I mean, like Linderbaum wasn't that transcendent to really fix the team that much. I mean, we saw it, we saw it like, I mean, America saw it this past weekend, and that's nothing against Iowa, but I really expect that game to be closer, but Iowa's defense, like, they can only do so much, um, and their defense really carried that team. Um, I mean, after all, we saw one of their quarterbacks have a 10 for 14 for 38 passing line. I think that's all you need to know about Iowa's offense this year. How How is that even possible? I, I, I didn't think that was possible, but it happened. So really close race, but I think I got Davis um, edging, edging Linderbaum out because just on that – on that principle of Davis making everyone around him better. Um, and you can see that in the stats, you, I mean, throughout most of the year. And then that wasn't really the case for Iowa's offense in Linderbaum. And I know Linderbaum can't run the ball and can't catch passes, but um, the offense just wasn't really there for Iowa. Yeah, no, I totally see your point. I think both Davis and Linderbaum will be hurt with, you know, poor team performances uh, in their conference championship games, respectively. Um, also this is bad. I know it says interior lineman for some reason, a lot of offensive tackles have won it in the past few years, which I'm, you know, don't ask me. It doesn't make sense to me. Uh, but let me go ahead and read you. If there's a tackle that we can get behind to win it, I feel like it has to be one of one of two things like Tristan Wirfs, like a slam dunk NFL talent uh, tackle, right? Which he very well might be. He's not in that top 10 range. Like we see a lot of previous winners are. Uh, or a guy who has a really good feel-good story and uh, has had a lot of success and someone, you know, that fires you up. Uh, I, I got to read you this, man. So his dad is a doctor and a former college basketball player. His mother was a high school track star. So he, he's definitely got some physical talent. And then I got this uh, scouting report from the Draft Network. I'm, I'm just going to read this to you real quick. Explosive power in a contact in the run game generates a strong initial surge in the blocks and routinely resets the line of scrimmage in the run game. Features a stout anchor and pass rushers aren't going to find success playing through him. Sufficient lateral mobility for his size. Has vines for arms and that length helps increase his margin for error. Wide frame, thick build, has a Mauler's mentality and his motor always runs hot. Earned starting job as a true freshman with experience at left guard and left tackle, has good range and overall mobility. Outstanding power that is often overwhelming for opponents. I mean, this guy is just like, I, I just can imagine it's like just fun to watch. Like just motor runs hot, just power, long arms. What you think of with the tackle and a tackle that is fun to watch. I'm going to go with, uh, I'm going to go with uh, Iquanu to win this one. Uh, so we'll see. I sure hope he does, um, you know, all respect to Davis and Linderbaum, but we'll see, man. I, I love uh, Aquando in this one. I feel like this word's hard to tell unless like, unless the defensive lineman has a really transcendent year, like, like the four guys you mentioned, um, Dominican Sue, we mentioned before Heisman finals, Aaron Donald took home nearly all the defensive awards, had like 30 tackles for loss. Ed Oliver too. I think that was that 15 or six. I think it might've been 15 when he won it, when Houston went to the new year six, um, and then he was really clogging up the middle. So it's like, like you got to have like a hugely transcendent year. And it's like for us to be able to call, like call who would win it. There's like not really a guy that's had that. So um, it, it should be fun to see who wins it Thursday. 
Yeah, absolutely, man. It, uh, it definitely will be. So we'll, we'll go ahead and go to our next award, uh, the Jim Thorpe Award, which goes to the best defensive back in the nation, Kobe Bryant, who we've talked about at length, uh, not the former uh, NBA star, uh, but the cornerback from Cincinnati. Verone McKinley, the safety from Oregon, and Jalen Pet- uh, Peter from uh, Baylor. Petrie, sorry. So as weird as it, may, as it may seem, I think for this one, so one guy that I think we can both rule out is McKinley because Oregon, um, they Utah just exposed him. I, I don't really yeah. know what else yeah. to say. So like McKinley had a great year um, for most of the year, but geez, man, they just they just looked – really atrocious Bad. against utah yeah um that being said it's gonna be tough because do you pick peter or do you pick brian honestly i don't i don't know if brian's the best defensive back on his own team because sauce Gardner has never has not a lot of touchdown in his career um so but, but with that being said like brian's got he's got the stats like what you see on paper which is what writers look for um they got the three force fumbles and the free three fumble recoveries but jalen peter man i mean he's in the backfield excuse me, he's in the backfield and everything. Like, so I don't know, I don't know where to go with this one, honestly. Peter is lifted, listed as a safety. He plays nickel more often than not. Uh, it was a seamless transition of physicality and toughness from the Matt Rule era to the Dave Aranda era. He's the best blitzer in college football, in my opinion. I'm going to go with him just because that Oklahoma State game, I mean, that whole that whole secondary was just flying and how physical they were just kept standing out every time Oklahoma state had the ball, not to mention they had a few picks too, which certainly helps. Uh, I'm going to go with Jalen in this one, but uh, you can make an argument for every one of these guys, even McKinley, despite the Utah game, that isn't, you know, his fault, obviously. Uh, But I'm going to go with Jalen to win this one just because of the outstanding performance that he had in the Big 12 championship game. If Kobe Bryant does win it, I mean, you could make the argument that he certainly deserves to, but also Cincinnati is just the story of the year. So, of of course, we'd love to see, you know, a guy or two walk walk home with these awards. Hopefully not walk home, but you get what I'm saying. (laughs) Yeah, I get it. That that, that, that wasn't on my mind. But, uh, yeah, I mean – Again, I'm leaning, I'm leaning towards Peter, but I can see an argument where um where Bryant wins it, but that's just something we have to see right there. Um should be should be interesting for sure. It's 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 like yeah, it's like award philosophies. Like in a defensive back, um, do you want a guy, do you want a ball hawk like Bryant to win it? Like, is that what you're looking for in your Jim Thorpe Award winner? Or it's like, do you want to kind of change the perception of the award? Um, where you have a guy like Jalen Peter who gets in the backfield um and who like wreaks havoc like it, it's kind of interesting really um so yeah we'll see i'm leaning towards peter which could change the the outlook of the award in the future um so yeah i'm excited yeah absolutely i can't wait for it but uh we, we will go ahead and move on to our next positional award uh move back to the offensive side of the ball the john Mackey award which goes to the best tight end every year Trey McBride, we've talked about multiple times, the tight end from Colorado State. Uh, Charlie Kohler, the tight end from Iowa State, as well as Jalen Weidermeyer, the tight end from Texas A&M. Uh, tight ends have to run like receivers, and they have to block like linemen. I don't know that anyone is a better blocker in the run game or the passing game than Charlie Kohler, and I don't know if anyone's better at uh, route running 
And just, I mean, gosh, he, he runs like a receiver. Trey McBride has had an incredible year. Yes, I know, only one touchdown, but he has almost 1,200 yards. And uh, that certainly needs to be recognized. And 90 receptions. I mean, he is that Colorado State passing offense. So I don't know. What are your thoughts on it? So, I mean, shoot, I want to have faith in uh, the voters of these awards and think that they would hand the award to Trey McBride, who was pretty much the best, the main offensive threat on a all on an all right at best Colorado State offense. But I, part of me also believes that they'll give it to Weidermeyer. Um, sorry that they couldn't that they couldn't that they're just going to give it to Weidermeyer. So I'm going to say that McBride wins it. But even then, it should be a slam dunk that McBride wins it. He has 90 catches for crying out loud. Um, but again, I feel like that group of five bias might come in, but, um, that's just, that's just a fear. Because like they, we talked about it before. They shut out Zappy out of the Davey O'Brien award and they shut out Tompkins. A guy with 96 catches and, and almost 1600 yards. Like I, I have complete, I have complete, it's within the realm of possibility that they would shut that. They would not give a tight end with 90 catches and 1100 yards. Um, and who's a leading receiver on his own team, the award. So uh, maybe I'm venting a little, but I, I just, I'm just going to say, I hope it's McBride that wins it because he is the most deserving out of all of them. Yeah, absolutely. I sure hope McBride wins it too. And you can't take that, you know, touchdown, you know, I mean, it's going to be tough for him to come back from that because, you know, some of these people that do vote on that, I'm sure just look at, you know, the stat lines, see oh, one touchdown and then group of five, no way. Uh, but yeah, if he was on Alabama, he would certainly win it. So hopefully if it's not McBride, I'm hoping Charlie Kohler, because that means that hopefully they're respecting his run blocking. And that is certainly such an important part of the game, especially for a tight end. Well, you know, you got to run block at a high level to play tight end at this high of a level. And then Jalen Weidermeyer, a little bit of a disappointing year. Uh, I think that's more of preseason expectations and uh, I'm, it's hard to, I don't think A&M fans would call it successful, but as you know, semi-successful year for Texas A&M. Uh, so I don't know. We'll see. It'll, it'll be exciting to watch. We'll go ahead and move on to special teams uh, to the Ray Guy Award, who by the end of the calendar year, Omar, we might rename it to the Matt Ariza Award. Yeah, I mean, what a year that he's had. Um, and I think like there's not really any discussion over um who should win it because Arise no, has truly had no. an amazing year. Um, he's had two 80-yard punts, including one in the very soupy, humid air of Hawaii. Um, I can just imagine that thing would be kicked out of the stadium. I mean, it might have been it might be kicked in the tunnel at, at the Air Force Academy or at Wyoming, like a, like one like that kick by Tyler Bass yesterday that went into the tunnel on Monday night football. Um, it might it might have ended up like that in one of those environments, but there really isn't much else to say about um about Matt Arise. The other two candidates, it's cool to see Ada Corsack. Nice to see um, a Rutgers player uh, on a finalist list. And even though it's a punter, don't let that fool you. They had a great year. Um, you know, I mean, a great year, relatively speaking, almost bowl eligible, and they should be back soon. But you know, other solid punters in Corsac and um and Noah Ruggles for oh sorry, and Jordan Stout for Penn State. But this is Arise's award, honestly. Like, I mean, yeah, there really isn't much debate to be had about this. No, there really isn't. Um, Matt has had just an incredible year, even got his own feature on college game day this past week. If anything, I mean, yeah, maybe it hurts that San Diego State lost uh, their conference championship game. But if anything, it just meant Matt got to be on the field a little bit more. 
So I also want to add this too. Um, so I'm not sure if you saw this advanced metric um, on Twitter, but um, Matt Ariza saved um, saved the San Diego State defense 30 almost yeah 35 points almost um, in EPA, uh, which is estimated points added. Which you know for a short primer, uh, my my friend uh, my friend on Twitter who's appeared on the pod before um, Connor McQuiston, he pretty much said that yeah, the way he explained it to me, who not a math major, is every every time you gain yards or lose yards, you add or subtract a, a certain amount of points to a drive, and that's usually in like small decimal numbers. Well, it builds up over time. Um, um, so Matt Ariza essentially saved his defense five touchdowns over the course of the year. Just a cool nugget right there. And just that that just shows like how great the punt god is. Um, hope to see him in the pros. I mean, I'm I'm excited. I love the punt god. You can certainly, and I mean, if you look at anything with next gen stats, right? You see, you know, EPA all the time as a metric that they use. But uh the fact that the where you usually lose a lot of EPA or gain a lot of EPA is when you have a really bad play on defense or a really good play on defense where it puts you in a third and long or it puts you, you know, in a second and short or something like that, right? The fact that he's doing it before the drive starts is just absolutely incredible and mind-boggling, in my opinion, because there is no – it's not like, you know, he's punting and then they immediately go into a third and long. No, he's doing that just solely off of field position – and that's something that I hope the voters look at because I did not know that nugget. And that is, that is absolutely incredible. Um, we will go ahead and go to our, I think maybe our final award. We've got one or two left. The Nagurski Award, which we talked about previously on the pod before, after the finalists were announced. Uh, we'll just revisit it real quick. Will Anderson, no surprise there. Uh, and then Jordan Davis and Kayvon Thibodeau. Uh, thoughts on who's going to win it? Um, so the winner was actually announced yesterday. Um, Will oh, really? Anderson, oh, my gosh. Yeah, Will Anderson that. took that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Will Anderson took that okay. one. Um, no surprise there. And I think that might set that might set the tone for the other defensive awards. Um, like we had the um, shoot for best defensive. I, I forgot. I forgot which one was for the all around. Um, for, yeah, the Bednarik Award. That might set the tone uh, with Anderson winning. So uh, just something to watch there. Um, I think, again, they couldn't, they, they couldn't have gone wrong with any of those guys. But um, I do think Anderson was the right pick. Yeah, absolutely. Now, uh, me too. I mean, Will Anderson, it's hard to believe that he is. I mean, the season he's had, and he's certainly going to be productive at the next level too. So, yeah, man, I think that you got any more awards you want to touch on? Um, I mean, we got the Groza Award, and um, so the finals oh, for yeah, that yeah, one. Yeah, that's yeah. Right. yeah, the Groza Award. Yeah, uh, that one's kind of hard to tell, honestly, because those guys, their stats are very comparable. Um, I know there is Gabe Burkett, who had 17 for 23 on field goals, 48 for 48 on PATs. Uh, yeah, Jake Moody, who is uh, 16 for 22 on, um, on on field goals, and 44 for 44 on PATs. And then you have Noah Ruggles, who's 16 for 17 on field goals and 65 for 65 on PATs. Um, I, think, I think just with the edge on PATs, I think Ruggles wins it, honestly. Um, just cause like points, kicking points is such a huge, uh, it's such a huge stat, I think. Um, and even, even if it's not because of the kicker, because in Ruggles case, like he's got way more points than each of these guys, but it's because his team scores more touchdowns. So that one's just a really hard one to tell. Yeah, it definitely is. I'm going to go with the edge to Jake Moody, uh, just because he's the only conference championship winner on that. And I'm sure, you know, we're, we're all loving over Michigan. 
getting their first Big Ten uh, conference championship in a long time. But yeah, I mean, you know, you can make the case any of the, any of these guys could deserve it, right? And uh, but we'll see. I'm just gonna go with my prediction as maybe so. Yeah, yeah. I think that that wraps it up for me. Anything else you want to touch on? No, I mean, it should be fun to see who wins. I mean, of course, yeah. there's uh for games of the week. Uh, we got a big game this weekend, Army Navy at MetLife um, in the East Rutherford, in East Rutherford, New Jersey, for the first time since 2002, and the fifth time all time. The prior meetings, um, you know, just some really classic games in the rivalry have been played at a uh, Giant Stadium. I know it's not called Giant Stadium now, but MetLife. So yeah, in uh, 1989, the first game played in Giant Stadium, Navy won on a game-winning field goal, 10 seconds left uh, to win that one, 1917. Um, in 1993, Navy missed an 18-yard field goal with uh, with a I think two seconds left for Army to Army to win a 16-14 game. I actually might watch that as I go to sleep tonight. Uh, now that I think about it, uh, I got a DVD copy of that game. And then in 2002, you had um, Craig Craig Candido rushing for six touchdowns and passing for one in a 58-12 blowout of Army. Um, so yeah, it's great to see the rivalry returning to MetLife Stadium. Would love to see it there more. Um, but yeah, that's a, that's a huge game. Of course, you got quarterfinals games. You got some like absolute heavyweight matchups in FCS um, that I think some of them will be on um, on ESPN uh, or will be on ESPN's linear networks and not just in ESPN Plus, which is exciting. So um, lots of football to be played and lots of football uh, to be watched as well on all levels, D2, D3, NAIA. So find an online stream with a playoff game after Army-Navy and enjoy yourself. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be fun to watch. I could find no good reason to predict Navy to win um, because Army is just better in every major statistical Don't category. jinx it, Jackson. Don't jinx it. So, um, yeah, I'm going to predict Army to win in hopes of jinxing it. So, oh, <laughs> yeah, man. Um, but, yeah, no, there's going to be a lot of great football to watch. Hopefully, College Game Day kind of touches on some of the FCS stuff because I know that's going to be a lot, a lot of fun to watch, too. Um, I mean, gosh, it's hard to believe that we're already at the last week of the regular season in college football. Uh, last, like, you know, final, final week. Of the, obviously, we had conference championships and all that. But, yeah, man, uh, it'll be fun. Yeah, absolutely. It's crazy. Another year gone, um, another college football season gone and come by and no, there's no spring season. Um, so kind of sad, but it's been fun. It's been fun, really. We're counting on the the rock to get us through. So. Uh, or the USFL. Um, I'm ready for the USFL. Oh, yeah, 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 USFL too. Yeah. Absolutely, man. Yeah, well, that uh, that wraps it up for me. Enjoy uh, Army-Navy week. Enjoy uh, some FCS playoffs. And these awards going to be during Steelers-Vikings on uh, on Thursday night. Uh, so, you know, maybe, maybe have a little second TV out with the, with the TNF game, definitely put the volume on us. And I don't know, maybe we'll hop on Instagram live. There are some shots. Oh, I forgot ones, one more know, thing, Jackson. Go. So, yeah. well, so the top three, the top, we'll, we'll talk about FCS, the top three finishers for uh, the Walter Payton award. No, oh, no yes. order got, got announced. We had Cole Kelly, Eric Barrier and Quay Holmes out of those three. Who do you think takes it? I'll go with Quay. Why not? Right. Oh, wow. Okay. So yeah, I, I know we said, I know we said a couple weeks ago that Quay Holmes had like the best chance of any running back to win it. Um, and I'm not sure if voting cut off after last week's games because uh, East Tennessee state had came back from 14 down in the last three minutes to beat Kennesaw state. So maybe that helped Quay Holmes's case, but 
I think uh, Barrier's numbers are too – Barrier and Cole Kelly's numbers are way too impressive to – um you know, to not for them to not win it. And, and Barrier hasn't won yet, too. So I think um, while Cole Kelly may be the dual threat, I think Barrier takes it with Quay Holmes coming in second and then Cole Kelly. So um, that should be exciting. I, I think I Barrier probably will end up winning it. But, man, I'd love to see Quay win it because he, he certainly deserves it. Absolutely. And if there's a running back to take it, like he's a heart and soul of that East Tennessee State team. I mean, they're carrying the flag for the yeah. SOCON. Um, the winner for that should be announced um, on January 7th at the National FCS National Awards Banquet in Frisco, Texas. So we might yeah, do a like more in deep dive. Before, right? Yeah, the night before the title game. So, yeah, we definitely might do a uh, an in-depth dive in with all the awards given out um, and looking at uh, who wins that. So. Uh, should be fun. Um, and I think that I think that finally wraps up all we have to say. Um, you know, just just remember that. Uh, Alice Jackson, anything else? I'm good, man. I'm good, man. I'm excited for uh, one last week of regular season college football, and then we'll kick off bowl season. It's hard to believe it's already here, but yeah, we'll we'll kick that off. And uh, can't wait for the uh, Frisco Classic, the one I've been waiting for all year. Frisco football costing. Yeah, Jackson, you better, you better get some tickets to that man. Or You better do the three day bowl sweepstakes where you got December 21st. You have the Frisco bowl, San Diego state, UTSA, the 22nd, you got the armed forces bowl in primetime. Then the 23rd, you got the Frisco football classic three days in Dallas, Texas with bowl games. I might do that. If like the stars align one year um, with all these bowls back to back to back. Cause it's not, it's not a bad idea, honestly. It's not, it's not at all. So then stay for the cotton. You know, oh, I don't know. Cotton's too expensive for me. <laughs> um, so, um, but but we'll see. Maybe maybe another time when it's not a, a playoff semifinal. Um, but with that being said, now we're finally signing off. And uh, until next time, peace, love, and soul.